What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Barb Knows Best, the podcast. I'm your co-host, Michelle Maros, and I'm here with the absolutely dazzling mother, Barbara Schmidt. Hi, Michelle. We're having Hi. one of those great days, aren't we? Hi, Mom. I feel like we we record this on Fridays usually, and we get together on Friday, and there's always things that just happen. Mm-hmm leading up to these recordings and it just adds a little extra spice I think to our mood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree. I also think the topic today has got me really excited. You are very excited. You, I know. you rolled out of bed ready to talk. I did. I had a dream about this topic because um, I think it's really up for a lot of people and I think she it's sent up me for audios. For- she sent me I did. a whole bunch of things. So hopefully that means that we've got some good things to say and I'm really excited about it because I particularly personally suffer from this pesky little habit called people pleasing. Yeah. (laughs) Today's episode will be about people pleasing. Yeah, it's not. I think it's um, common for all of us in some way, shape or form. So I'm, I'm excited to dive really deep into this to help people really understand it better and look at the habit of it more deeply and see what we can do to to redirect ourselves into a place of more confidence and strength from within. Um, and of course, I believe that all of this, as you do too, we talk about it every episode, it's all about awareness, just really becoming aware of aware of when we're doing it and why we're doing it. So I'm, I'm really excited about this episode. Absolutely. And of course, so many, I mean, everything that we talk about are things that play out in our own lives. And I think that the topic of people-pleasing in particular, hits close to home for both of us. But it's interesting because as you and I were talking about about this and preparing for this conversation, it can show up in different ways for different people. And it doesn't always look the same. And it's it's a very interesting thing to just kind of start to look at in life. I think what came to me, I mean, I've been talking about this and we've been presenting this in workshops for for years. And I think what came up for me in my dream last night was the words people-pleasing are not negative. Mm-hmm. I mean, people-pleasing has a negative connotation, of course, and we're always talking about it in that, in that context. But we do want to please people. We do want the people that we're around to be happy. We want to be happy. So if, if I can please you or if I can do something really nice for you or loving for you or caring for you, that's a really good thing. So I think... I'm excited to talk about their, their kind of We're two ways of looking. Down. Yeah, two ways of looking at the words people-pleasing. Yeah, like we like to do, we're going to break it down, define it, and give us some ways to push through it, make some subtle shifts so that we don't have to feel the negative effects that come from people-pleasing. So rewind, and let's talk about what it actually is and what it looks like and how it can show up in life. 
what does it look like for you? So the first thing I would like to do is, is take away the word negative. Because for me, thinking about something being negative, when it can be a nice thing to do, kind of skews us and gets us into a, a different mindset that might not be very helpful. So let's not look at it as negative. Let's look at it as a habit, as something that, you know, we can have good habits, we can have bad habits, we can have unhealthy habits and all the things. So maybe if we look at it as what, what um, when we're talking about people pleasing, where do you go? What do you think about? And is it something that you would like to, to change in yourself or something that you think is not necessarily in your best interest or the best interests of the people around you? So, okay. in my, so to answer your question, in my opinion, people-pleasing takes two forms. The first form it can take if you're a kind, loving, good-hearted, friendly person, you want to do something nice for someone in your family or your friends or your society or your community or your world, and you want to do something nice – and I think the caveat to that is you're pleasing people. You're, you're, you're bringing some joy to their lives. I think the caveat to that is, are you doing it just to do it? You're not expecting anything in return. You're just, you're truly just doing something from the goodness and the kindness of your heart. And then the other definition of those two words, people pleasing are, are we trying to please others because we want something? We want a certain uh, outcome or we want a certain expectation. We want them to like us. We want to make sure they include us. We're trying to fit into a situation that maybe we don't feel like we fit in, but if we can please the other person, they'll include us. Um, are we trying to get our way? Are we trying to manipulate uh, someone in a situation? So we're going to please them so that we can get something later. Those those are the other, um, I think, definitions that pe that people most often attribute to the words people-pleasing. Yeah. And there is, I know you went on a retreat with Elizabeth Gilbert once and she yes. said. Yeah. And she it was, it changed my life actually. <laughs> I'd say that about so many quotes, but she said that people pleasing is actually people manipulating because in most instances, mm. she went on with a, just a most amazing talk. She is the most amazing human. Um, but she said, because most of the time where we're trying to please someone else, we are wanting something. We are trying to get them to maybe do something for us or to think a certain way or to act a certain way or to be a certain way. We're, we're just, we're looking at trying to let me be really nice to this person so they will include me in the, in the, in the crowd. Um, so we're trying to manipulate them, actually. I'm being really nice to them. Maybe I don't really want to be nice to them, but I'm going to be nice to them anyway because I want something. I want to be included. So when she said that, that people pleasing can be, thought of as people manipulating. It really took me down a whole couple year stretch of what did that really look like and how did that play out in my own life? And it, for the most part, in a lot of instances, it was true. I was, I was wanting something if I was trying to please someone. I'm going to say yes to your um, invitation because I don't want you to be mad at me. So certainly I can get on board with the people pleasing is people manipulating. I get it. That makes sense to me. But I do think there is, and I'm going to use the word, even though you don't want me to use the word, there's a <laughs> negative connotation when it comes to manipulating that I think it takes a while to get there. I can think of my own people pleasing, um, behaviors. And for me, yes, it can come into a manipulation of wanting to be liked, but, um, I can, you know, go back into my own life and see my own patterns from childhood or whatever where it's just trying to keep up and stay status quo and just be accepted, mm -hmm. which yes, you can get into a manipulative place, but it's almost just like you people please to, for, to stay alive. Th at least that's the mindset. Mm -hmm. 
obviously we're going to break down why that is kind of the opposite of what you need to do. But I think a lot of people can come from that place of like, well, I have to do this for this person. I have to do this for this. I have to do this for work. I have to do this, even if it's not in something that you would choose. I couldn't agree more. And that's what I like to, instead of, you can, you, it is, it is a negative because it has a negative effect on our lives. Let's just be truthful about that. That's why I like to use the word habit um, because I feel like um, it's, that is a, that is a better, like you said, it's in your case and, and in mine, of course, as well. It came from, it started from childhood, not feeling like I fit in, not feeling like I didn't have any friends, not feeling good enough, not feeling smart enough, not feeling pretty enough, not feeling all of the, whatever the enoughs are or not measuring up. And so getting other people to like me and accept me was, was a huge factor in my childhood. Um, and I, and I, and I'll share this, what, why, why, you know how I am whenever I hear something that really touches me deeply. And I think, oh my gosh, this changed my life. I like to look at it for a long time and see how did it actually affect me and how can I trace it back to, you know, what the origins of it are. And so as I look back on this idea of people pleasing um, and, you know, being somewhat of a people manipulator, I remembered when I was in treatment, you know, which is a really, really long time ago. um, I remember my therapist, Joyce, she said, Barb, before you take an action, you know, before you say yes, or before you do something that you're being asked to do, or you feel like that you have to do, you don't have a choice in doing, please take a pause and ask yourself, what is my motive here? Yeah. What is my motive here? And I have never forgotten that. And that's been what, almost 30 years ago when she said that to me. And I, I, I do that almost every, I'm not perfect, but I do that more often than not, every single time someone asks something of me or, or I'm in a situation where I have to make a decision of what it is that I'm going to do, before I will answer, I'll ask myself, what is my motive here? And what happens when I do that is be, I become so aware, oh, my motive here is I'm afraid to say no because I think they might not like me or they won't invite me again or they're going to be mad at me or how is that going to make me look? All those things that come to mind. And then when I think about what is my motive here? And my motive is because I just genuinely love this person. I want to do this nice thing. And I don't, I don't really have any expectation whatsoever. So it sets you free. I think, you know, my whole thing in life is to try to always be free, always try to feel free, knowing that I have a choice in every moment. So I like that. I would love to share that with everyone on this podcast today that always just ask yourself, what is my motive here? And then sit with yourself for a second and really be as honest and truthful as you can with yourself. I do remember you telling me, I mean, you've always told me that story of, of what your therapist said to you 38 years ago. And I, it is a, a powerful tool to have in your back pocket to, of course, like we always say, like a broken record, having that awareness to ask yourself that question in any given moment and know whatever your motive is and why you're trying to do something and then making, maybe making a different choice. Yeah. You know, is it, is it freeing? Is your motive freeing or is it going to tie you up even more? And I think that's where the word manipulation for me, as I've looked back and I've really thought about myself and sat in quiet with myself, trying to sort out this word, pleasing and manipulative manipulation and all of that. Is it when I make this decision, will I feel free or will I start to have some resentment or agitation or 
victimization or whatever the words that happened, or will I actually feel free? Wow, this feels really freeing. I don't like to use the word good. But you know what? But I want to say, and you just used the the trigger word that I was just about to go into, is mm. I think a lot of us, I think for me especially, and I think for a lot of people that we've spoken to in the past about this, we people please in order to be labeled, quote, good. Mm-hmm. For example, you know, I might break my own back to go out of my way to help a friend, even if maybe it's a toxic relationship, maybe it's not necessary, because I always want to be labeled the good friend, whatever that means. And whatever that comes along with, with being a good friend, I think a lot of rules about relationships get placed upon us as to how it, what it means to be a good friend and how you show up as a good friend. Mm-hmm. I, I feel that pressure a lot. So I people please a lot in friendships because I don't, I want to be labeled the good friend, but we want to, we people pleasers tend to strive to want to be labeled good, the good worker. I'm going to stay an hour later for my boss because I want to be the good worker. And so even though we don't need to be labeled as good. I think inherently a lot of us feel like we strive to get that gold star in whatever circumstance we're in because being labeled good feels good for people who maybe think that they're not like worthy enough to just be. Yeah, you just said the key words there. We don't feel worthy enough to just be exactly who we are. But what if, what if you know, and the antithesis of of being a people pleaser is maybe not being labeled good, Mm -hmm. but maybe you're happy. Yeah. Maybe you're not burned out. Yeah. So it's interesting for me when thinking about people pleasing is just retraining my mind because you've called it a habit a lot Mm -hmm. so far. And I think it is a habit, but it's retraining the mind to not look for the good. And in that same vein, not looking for, the external validation of, oh, Michelle, you're such a good friend. Mm -hmm. Oh, Michelle, you're such a good colleague. Oh, Michelle, you're such a good whatever. Mm -hmm. And knowing that I can be happy and whole and complete without that gold star of being good. So it's like releasing that goal. I think that so many of us, so many of us people pleasers feel in life, releasing that and just striving for showing up in whatever given moment or circumstance as is and being enough. Exactly. I think being enough. And I, I, because when I, when I brought that story up about my, my therapist saying, ask what your motive is. And as you look at this, it's so true. When I ask what my motive is, if my motive is clean, clear, pure, whatever word you want to just, I like to call it freeing where I actually feel free. So if my motive is freeing, it's so important then for me to stand true in my own truth, stand firm in my own truth and be okay with my decision, even if other people don't like it. So it won't matter if I'm labeled good. And I think we start to break ourselves free from that label of good when we can feel comfortable in our own skin, standing up for what it is that we believe in and what it is that we want. And I'll share another story that's similar to yours in that you wanting to be a good friend or a good person. I had a friend recently whose husband passed away. And so the funeral was one day and the, and the service before the funeral was the day before. And I realized that I could only go to the service the day before I could not go to the funeral. I had other obligations that could not be changed. 
And I agonized over that because I, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, she's a friend and oh my gosh, what she got. And then I remember thinking, Barbara, you're, you're going to do what you can do. And it's enough that you show your respects in the best way that you possibly can. So that's what I did. And I felt good about that. And, and you know, she was happy. Everything was fine. But don't you know, I go to another event like a week later or whatever, and someone in the community comes up to me and says, oh, I didn't see you at so-and-so's funeral. It's such a shame that you couldn't go because it was so wonderful. Man. And so this is what, I, yeah. <laughs> so this is what I want to say about that. That is though. a really good example. It, because this, because it didn't shake my inner strength or core and it would have in the past. And why didn't it? Because I felt very clear and very freeing and very sure about myself. And I knew that the choice that I had chosen was the one that worked best for me. And I was honoring my friend in the way that I felt was okay. So not letting other people's opinions this is your quote, Michelle. Yes. Let's other hear people's it. opinions have other people's energies. Stay in alignment with your own truth. And so that's what I do. I strive to do that. I'm not perfect, but I strive to do that. And I did in this situation. And all I said back to her was, I am so happy to hear that his funeral was so lovely. Thank you for sharing that with me. Because I don't want to ever become or get sucked into other people's manipulations and other people's trying to dig or trying to write a story or whatever it was or why she said that, I don't care because it didn't affect me one bit. And that's why I call it a habit because my people pleasing like yours comes from childhood. And I think a lot of people's do. It's like they're, they're into that mode of people pleasing and it's really hard to break it. What can I do to stop it? And I think you, you touched on the thing to stop it in your instance or in any instance you figured out what could work for you in a way that allowed you to show up for your friend as well as yourself. It was an even exchange. But the thing, the, the big piece I think that sometimes gets lost is you communicated that. I think communication in any yeah. sense, in a personal relationship, in a work relationship, if you can say, look, I can do this, but I can't do this. Yeah. And I'm really trying my hardest, but right now this is all I can do you saying that in whatever way that is works for you to the person. And then they can say, well, that's not okay with me. And then you can work it out for yourself. Or most of the time they're going to be like, okay, I get it. Thanks so much for letting me know. It's that space of not communicating when you just don't even know. And everyone, it, it creates the space for people to write their own stories. Mm -hmm. So I really think communication for people pleasers, even though it feels uncomfortable sometimes, it's not always easy to say your needs or ask for your needs if you're not used to doing it. But I feel so much better when I just open openly and honestly communicate my needs and say, look, I love you. I care for you. I'm so sorry you're going through this. I can do this. Would that work for you? Yeah. And I would ask everyone listening to this right now, because this is how I feel. And I think most of us do feel this way. We're not really wanting people to just please us, just to say yes or just to show up just because they think that we want them to, but they don't really want to or can't or it's a hardship or whatever it well, is. It's a cycle of favors. No one wants to have relationships based on a cycle of well, favors. People want us to be genuine. People want other people to be genuine. I want the people in my life to be genuine. And if they can't do something, I honor that because I want them to honor that in me. So it's truly, well, it's truly like honoring people for who they are 
in whatever place they are in in that moment, doing the best that they can. I'm always trying to strive for people are doing the best that they can. I honor if you're being genuine with me because I truly want you to be genuine. I want, I want us to have a relationship where we're genuine with each other and accepting each other for what we can do in every single moment. Well, I remember you and I were in a group text with a friend and that person, she had to cancel something and she, we could feel that she was going to cancel. And she said, like, I'm so sorry, I have to cancel. Um, are you mad or is it okay? And we're like, it's totally fine. Honestly, I will never be mad at someone canceling plans with me because i yeah. that's just my personality. But you took it a step further and it was so amazing because you said back, absolutely, please feel free to do whatever you need to do to take care of yourself. But also know, like, I, I can't remember how you said it, but it was like, and if we ever cancel, don't take that personally either. Like you put it back on them being like, yeah, you can cancel, but I can cancel too sometimes because I think... Sometimes it, there's that people-pleasing sense of I can't ever cancel to take care of myself because that person's going to be mad. And you kind of opened up that the relationship in a new way to be like, you can tell me, I can tell you, right. and none of us are going to take it personally, which we've talked about right. in past episodes. Right. Um, and I just think that that communication, it, it creates so much space for truth and real authentic feelings and space. For sure. And I think in that text, I know exactly which one you're talking about because it's, for me, it's really important that and the pressure was taken off. Yeah. And it's not personal. Um, you know, I, I think, I think there's, there's so many layers to it, but I, one of the things that that's kind of come up for me in this is that it's not personal. I can say yes to you today. If you say, mom, can you go do this? And I can say, sure, honey. Yes, I can. And then I wake up tomorrow and I'm thinking, I can't do that. I want to be able to call you up and say, you know, I know I said yes, but unfortunately I have to say no. And you're not going to take it personally, like something's wrong with you or what's the matter with me or any of those kinds of things. I think if we start to look at people on, on the, on the basis that they're truly genuine and, and being honest and not taking it personally. And if someone has to cancel or someone has to do whatever, understanding that that's whatever they're going through is, is their thing and it has nothing to do with you. And I think what has helped me the most in this whole people-pleasing thing, first of all, is understanding that I am strong enough and I am good enough and I am smart at all the things. I am enough that you need, you need to, to have that relationship with yourself, which we talk about, that I am enough and I don't need another person to complete me because I am enough. And it is okay if I want to say no. It doesn't, it doesn't belittle me. It doesn't negate my existence. It doesn't anything if I say no or if I, whatever, if I, if I can't do something that someone's asking me to be. But asking me to do. But also what is so important in that is that if, if I allow you to be who you are, and I think I just said this probably a few minutes ago, because it, it is the crux of it all. If I allow you to be exactly who you are and show up as who you are. And of course we're talking about as long as we're being kind human beings and we're not doing anything at another person's expense, we never mean for it to go to that extent, then that is enough and so I want other people to know that about me, and I will always treat other people that way. Um, if I don't answer your text message back for a week, or it doesn't mean that I don't like you, or that I'm a rude person, or that something is wrong with me. And if you don't answer my message back for a week, I don't ever run to, oh, what did I do wrong? What did, what did I say that they didn't answer me back right away? Or what did I say that they didn't answer me back in two weeks? I really feel like we need to stop the 
the labels that you were talking about. And I think stop the opinions that we have and writing stories about why other people are doing the things that they're doing. Well, certainly we're going to have a whole episode yeah. about writing stories because that's a, a huge, huge one. But I really, I think what you're saying is really, really helpful and meaningful for me and I'm sure for a lot of other people. And freeing. And freeing. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. If we could maybe rewind a little bit and just get into helping people to see where the people-pleasing like comes into life in like real life examples, like, because it, it, it is a fine line. Like you said, there's two kinds of people pleasing. The one where you're just genuinely trying to do something nice for someone for the sake of the good for all. And then the manipulating or putting yourself out and not having the boundaries and just doing it to be liked. And I think that looking at the, the latter, because I think that's what we're talking about, what does that look like for you? Well, I think, I think if you, or what it, has it looked like for you in the past? Okay. What it's looked like for me is it's when I say yes to something that I don't want to do, or I say yes, because I'm afraid, whatever that, whatever the, whatever the yes is. So it's like feeling pressure or fear or fear or expectation, uh, expectation or, um, uh, guilt, guilt, that's a good um, uh, any of those things. There's probably more that I'm sure we'll think about. I just think it's good about. to tap into the key emotions of like fear, those guilt, things, and that's where it comes uh, from. Abandonment. Uh, I'm going to be alone. Um, she's my good friend. I don't want her to think that I'm a not a good person. I think not being good, as you talked about earlier. I think all of those things. So whenever someone asks you something, or whenever you're in a situation, you get the hit immediately what the feeling is when they're, it's either, and I think we've said this before, it's either hell yes, oh my gosh, I cannot wait, thank you so much, I'm there, what can I do for you, I'm so excited, blah, blah, blah. We, you know, we have those experiences as well. But then more often than not, we have the experiences where we take a gulp and inside our, our stomach is, is starting to ache a little bit and... We start to get a little little cringy in the neck and like, oh my, and when, when the brain and the mind starts going like, oh my gosh, she's talking right now or he's talking right now. What am I going to say? Oh my gosh, what am I going to do here? I, I don't, I don't think I want to, and we start to sweat. Even I, I can feel myself right now starting to sweat. Oh, I sweat all the time. When my, when my <laughs> mind starts saying, oh my gosh, what am I going to say here? Keep, t I hope she keeps talking long enough so that I can think of an answer. And so that's, I, I think, just to start to notice those red flags that happen inside of us and, and then taking a pause. And when that, red, when, that, when that seriousness is happening, I get so worked up about the subject. Michelle's asking me to just like, calm down a little bit. My ears. <laughs> I think when we start to feel that way, for me, when the person is done. Trigger warning, turn down the volume <laughs> on this, this episode. For me, when the person is done, I almost always say, now I'll get back to you. That is perfect. I love the I'll get back to you. I have a question though. Mm -hmm. And this is a, maybe a selfish question because I struggle with this a lot. What is the, the line 
of people pleasing, especially in personal relationships, friendships, and family. I'm, I have this in two specific instances with okay. a friend and with a family member. Okay. Where there are obviously people in your life that you care about. Mm-hmm. Their preferred method of communication is phone calls. Long, drawn-out phone calls. I'm not a big phone time gal. Um, so I sometimes struggle where I feel like I'm people-pleasing to a, yeah, let's get on a call, or they'll call me and I answer and I'm on the phone for two hours and it feels very draining to me, but I know that that's their preferred method of communication. Um, what do you do in those instances where you want to maintain the, you care about the person, you want to maintain the relationship, that's their preferred thing, but it honestly doesn't always work for you. And so you get to that point where, oh, I have to call this person back. They've been calling me for weeks and it's on my to-do list to check in. Or, oh, that person wants to have a phone call to catch up and it's just, it feels like a lot. What What is that? I mean, I think you kind of have to give a little bit in your boundaries to accommodate that, but do you just, what, what do you think about that? Well, of course, and I'm assuming these two people are people you care about deeply and of you course. love them and you want to have them in your life. So that's the premise. That's the, It's the premise, but okay. it's... It's, Maybe it's not first tier of people. Okay, but like, you, but I you, mean, you, I you talk do, to you, you every day. You, <laughs> you want to have them in your life, so yeah, here's friends the, and family, right? Well, I mean, I think family is family, you know. You know, but some yeah, of you us know what I'm talking about. I do, I do, but I also <laughs> want to make sure that I mean, some of us have family that we can set the. And this is the whole episode on boundaries. Like this whole thing could go for hours because it is very, very complex. But to simplify it for this episode, and we will go deeper into it more if, if all of you want us to at another date. Yeah. To simplify it, here's the here's the deal. This is what I believe. Is if it's a person you want to have in your life, you're not wanting to give up. Um, then you have to set a boundary within yourself. Even though it's uncomfortable, you don't like phone calls. You have to be able to set the parameters I will be I will be able to do a phone call for 30 minutes once a month. And then you find a way, you spoke about communication earlier, and then you find a way to communicate that to the person. And I know the person you're talking talking about. And so you just say, "Hey, you know what? Phone calls are not my thing. I'm re- I I know they're your thing and it just doesn't work for me, but I love if we could do a phone call once a month for 30 minutes and and that would work really really well for me." And then you give that person your all because I know you, you care about people and you will give them your all. And I think you would show up in a way that you don't feel tired or you don't feel like, oh my gosh, feel drained and like, this is not okay for me. I think when we do that, first of all, I think the other person appreciates it because people can tell if we're all in and we really want to be on the phone with them or if we're just, we're just kind of there doing the obligatory, I'm on the phone with you, but I really not liking this at all. And then I get resentful later. And then I feel like a victim, like, why does she always do this to me? I mean, that's the story that happens. That's the trail of, those are the way the feelings go. I say, yes, I do all of this. I don't want to do it. I don't feel like I have any control. I don't feel like I have a say in this relationship. This person does whatever they want and I just do it. And then I feel resentful. And then I feel like I'm being victimized. I never be, I can never speak up for myself. That's kind of the way some of these stories go. 
Well, that is how people pleasers, they then turn into why is this always happening to me? Yeah. And so if you just say, look, I, I could, I could, um, I could talk for, you know, whatever works for you. I could talk for once a month or I could, or, and ask the other person, look, this doesn't work for me in this, in this way or this way or this way, but it does work for me in this way. And I would love to be able to do that. And your energy and excitement about it, the other person will be able to feel it. But I think this is really, really hard. People have a really hard time with this and they're afraid that the, they're afraid that the other person is not going to like it and they're going to feel guilty because it's a family member. And, and truly, I think until we start to really be authentic and genuine with ourselves and have those kinds of boundaries and those kinds of ways of taking care of ourselves, I know um, my trainer, Lewis, we were talking this morning about about um, people pleasing, you know, you know, he calls it self-preservation. And he also said, we were talking about, he goes, you know, Barb, in, in every situation that you're talking about, no one wins. No one wins when no we're trying to people please. You're depleted and you're not feeling good about yourself and you're irritated or whatever it is. And the other person gets off the phone with you thinking, wow, I, I just got a feeling that, that this conversation didn't really matter so much or they were agitated or I wonder what's going on in their life. And so it's not a win-win for every, anyone and no one is pleased. <laughs> I think that's what I came out of the conversation this morning when I was working out. I thought, wow, if no one wins in a people-pleasing situation, no one is pleased. So why do we keep doing it? So this whole episode is about how can we stop doing it? Lewis is a very wise one. Yes, we'll he, have is. To he is. He'll come in and share some wisdom. Yeah, you all would love One of these days. I think that's really helpful. Did that help? I mean, did that, so. that answer it your does. question, Michelle? It's so layered because, of course, you can set those boundaries, but then you can have the fear that the person won't like it. And ultimately, we've had other family instances where they don't like it and it, the relationship is changed. Yeah, and I guess and it's having that acceptance of being like, okay, I'm okay because this is what works for me and you can love someone from afar. Yeah, I mean, I know, I, and that has happened to me in, in a family situation. Both of us. Both of us. Yes, <laughs> both of us. We are in the same family. Both of us, but I think we have, yeah, it's true. But a I think we have different versions. We are relatives. We have, different, we have different versions of how it played out. And it's sad. I would not have wanted it to work out this way. And I think these are the little nuances to all of this that makes it so complex and so deep. It's sad. I would not have wanted it to work out this way. I've worked through my feelings of it. I love my family member and I truly wish them well. And if anything ever happened, I would do whatever it is that they needed to have done in an emergency or whatever. But this is the truth about what's happening. And I think if we can stay in alignment with our own truth, with love and with kindness, it always has the opportunity of playing out maybe not the way we would have hoped and maybe not the way we might have expected, as Joyce said to me. What, Joyce what the is, therapist. Yeah, what is your motive here? That would not have been the way I would have hoped. It would not have been the way I would have expected. But my motive always is I want to be loving and kind. But I also want to be loving and kind to myself, and I want to respect myself. And when I, what I, I also want to own what I am capable of doing. Otherwise, I will be resentful, and I will be angry, and I will feel like a victim. I just know that about myself. And so I don't want to feel that way. I want to be, I want to be happy and I want others to be able to be who they are. Um, but it doesn't mean that I'm always going to be pleased and I don't always have to please other people. Mm. They're responsible for their own energies and their own ways of taking things. 
and I'm responsible for my own energy and my own way of taking things. And I just believe as long as we're loving and kind, that's all, that's enough. That's so nice. And obviously just like anything else, this is a practice. I think as I've gotten older with age comes a deeper sense of knowledge of self and connection with self and knowing what you will and won't tolerate and understanding and understanding. Um, I think that plays a big role. So it's just this constant development of awareness and, and knowing of yourself. I always say we are scientists. Yes, you do. Having experiments in life and that every time we have an experiment, it doesn't always work out very well. And every time we have an experience, sometimes it works out really fantastically. So we life are always... Our, life is our laboratory. I, yep. I was just going to say that. Life is our laboratory. And so we are always... So never being down on yourself if it really goes poorly and oh my gosh. And be able to say, especially if it's someone you're close enough to be able to say, well, I really messed that up. Let's rewind and let me let me, let me me do another take on it. And you just make... I, I had a my best friend in life... Um, rest her soul. She passed away in 2013. She always would say, Barb, let's go into this situation easy breezy. Doesn't mean we don't care. It doesn't mean we don't love. It doesn't mean we don't be kind and all the things, but, but really like let opinions and let things kind of flow off of us and absorb it as a teaching and not as something that we have to beat ourselves up over or beat other people up over or feel guilty or fearful or any of those other feelings we might feel those, but finding a way to let them flow through us. I love that. So, yeah, I think it's, and it's, it, this is a process and it is a practice, as you said, Michelle. And I think the more you can go into it a little bit lighthearted, and I don't mean not taking it seriously. I always say this too. Easy breezy though. Easy breezy, but I also think this is in my book. I think I say, um, it's important to take the life that you're living seriously but don't take yourself so seriously. I do like that. And I think our lives are serious. Living the life that we came here to live is exactly what we want to take seriously, but we don't want to take ourselves so seriously. So the more we can be lighthearted about ourselves and admit our mistakes and, wow, that didn't work out so well. Let me try plan B tomorrow. Um, The more people are going to want to really be around us because they don't want to be taken so seriously either in that way of, not being allowed to make a mistake or not being allowed to say something or not being allowed to change their minds. I love that. So let's, I love giving people a takeaway. Okay. Um, so let's break it back down to some little steps to quell the people pleasing in your life. So I think obviously the first step as for always is to be aware of where it's showing up in your life and maybe identify some specific relationships or if it's at work or with a family member or with a friend, um, what that looks like, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, be aware and, and see how you feel. Get in touch with your feelings. Get in touch with your feelings and then that leads into kind of step two, knowing what will and won't work for you. And I think the example for me is the phone call with the family member. Mm-hmm. I can do 30 minutes once a month and that feels good. Mm-hmm. And then that feels like that's at peace. Um, so knowing, having the awareness and then knowing. Knowing what, what will be okay for you and be a, a self-preservation or a self-care and a, a good place for you to give that person your all and feel good and feel confident about it and yeah. comfortable with it. 
The next is I'm going into communicating your needs clearly, kindly, succinctly. This is what works. I think before you communicate, I would add that caveat of what I learned from Joyce, my therapist. Oh, I missed it. Check the motive. Yeah. Before you communicate, just take a pause and just ask yourself, what do I want here? What am I trying to accomplish here? And it's a huge red flag if you're trying to accomplish, I want them to like me or I want to be, uh, uh, you know, whatever. I want to be promoted more or, you know, just knowing what your, your motive is in every situation and motive is not a bad word. It's just a no, word. There's just check no, it. Just check it. Just understand what you're trying to do so that you'll know how to do it in the most in the most appropriate way. Take the temperature of the situation. Yeah. So check the motive, then communicate. Right. And then I think accept and release the outcome of the judgment that that person might have, maybe not having the experience that you think you're going to have, and just letting it go. Yeah, feeling confident and strong within yourself that you're in alignment with your truth and you're going to allow other people to be who they are. You know, really having that strong conviction that you really want to show up every day is exactly who you are, comfortable in your own skin, and you want to give others that same grace and allowing them to show up the same way and trying really, really importantly, trying not to not to take it personally because it's not personal. It's never personal. No, it's, it's their judgments or opinions or feelings and you have yours and so and also just remembering for everyone that really I think we're all just like you said trying to do the best that we can in every given moment we're all just trying to be happy live our lives feel fulfilled have meaningful relationships feel a level of personal satisfaction and you and I were talking and there's this quote from the great Ed Sheeran. Yes. Um, <laughs> we're all trying quote. to achieve, achieve these levels of personal success and levels of success. And he says, I can't tell you the key to success, but the key to failure is trying to please everyone. Yeah. It's true. And I think that just wraps it all up in a nice little bow because... You'll burn yourself out trying to tick all those boxes for everyone else. But if you're not ticking the boxes for yourself, what are you going to, what can you do? Yeah. I think I would close. I love the way you wrap this up, Michelle. And I think I would just close with the person who matters most in your life and the person you're here to please is the one looking back at you in the mirror. Yes. Beautiful. Truly. If you have abandoned yourself and you have not stayed in alignment with your truth or, you know, tried to please other people and, and given up your own, um, your own purpose and your own, your own reason for being here and what it is that you, that makes you happy and brings you joy and, and really, you know, set your life, uh, you know, on on fire, like you're really excited and, and happy about if you've abandoned all of that because you need to. Uh, accommodate other people's opinions or or thoughts or feelings. Um, you're, I truly believe, because I feel this deep within my own heart or deep within my own being and soul that I will be heartbroken for the loss of my own, my own um, life that I came here to live. And I will have a lot of tears. I'll shed a lot of tears as I move through my life, not having pleased myself and staying true to who I am. 
That is so lovely. Thank you for that. You're so welcome. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being you. And thank you all for being you and yeah. for tuning in to this episode of Barb Knows Best, the podcast. We really, really are grateful for all of you for listening, subscribing, giving us those lovely five-star reviews. That really helps us and we appreciate that deeply. If you haven't yet, please feel or please remember to subscribe and do all those things. Make sure you're following us on all of the social media platforms at Barb Knows Best Pod, Peaceful Barb, Michelle Maros. And please keep writing in about topics that you want to hear from us. That really, really helps us. And we love to give you the things that you want to hear about. So thank you so much again for listening. Thank you for being with us. We love you all. And as we know, Barb Knows Best.